You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is the one and only Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we have survived the Cowboys preseason, and we have actually survived the Cowboys' fourth preseason game, which was just a barn burner. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, trying to get my barn uh, under, fire under control. Uh, no, it's it, it, it was barely even a spark, and in fact, I, I, I think it was all quiet. It was pretty uneventful. Uh, it, it, you know, I always tell my wife, you know, she, she actually, at one point I was at a PTA thing. I actually had to come back and watch the game at a later time. And my wife, I think during the middle of it realized that there was a Cowboys game on and then like turned to me and goes, Landon, there's a Cowboys game on. Don't you think? <laughs> and I was like, this is literally the only Cowboys game probably of the year, the fourth preseason game where I don't absolutely feel the need to watch every single moment well, of it live because even I, you know, even I have uh, have limitations, I think, on, on what I will ingest and enjoy. I think these games used to be a little bit more interesting when you had to cut down to 75, I think it was, a few years ago. Um, you actually had some guys that were going to be, you know, playing in the games in the regular season in those contests. But now that you can keep 90 guys all the way through the preseason, man, that fourth... It feels like they haven't... F- they haven't finished fixing this yeah. yet, right? Like, like the, the initial the initial step was to uh, uh, eliminate that extra cut down and have it just be a cut down to fifty three afterwards. But but now it it and I think we kind of knew that this was going to happen to a certain degree. But now it has even taken out what little, um, you know, there's still some evaluation, sure. and we'll talk about it, some evaluation that you could do. But but I it took out a whole you know about half of what was left. Of of the of the reason to watch these games, so I, I think the next step will be to adjust the number of preseason games, and you know I'm sure they're going to start talking about 18 game seasons, but let's not even get into that nonsense until we. I do want to talk about to. that sometime because I think you could get by with one preseason game and 18 regular season games. You'd cut out three games, and I think it would be okay. But that's for a different show. Mm. Uh, different show. So let's talk about the Cowboys preseason game. But before we do that. Uh, we had some news that kind of came out yesterday, about an hour before kickoff, and that was that the Cowboys have traded cornerback Chavarius Ward uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs for offensive lineman Parker e- uh, Erlinger. I'm not sure how you say his name. Do we know how to say his last name? Erlinger. Erlinger, Erlinger. I think it's yeah, what it is. We'll find Erlinger. that out. Um, yeah. Chavarius Ward was a guy that the Cowboys signed after the draft this year uh, from Middle Tennessee State. Um, I thought he had a good training camp and a good preseason. We talked about him on our 53-man roster show as a guy that we both kind of thought had a chance to make the 53-man roster. The Cowboys decided to flip him for an offensive lineman. Landon, what do you think about this move? Uh, Well, we should have this debate on here because I uh, could not, you know, be more uh, uh, surprised that you thought that that Kansas City well, got the better let's, end of this Let's be fair, though. Because I, I haven't seen this offensive lineman play. I've only seen Traverius Ward, and I thought Traverius Ward could develop into a number three or number four corner in the league. That's all. I think that, um, you know, I think that when I, when I, when I look at this, I look at it at, from the situation of, 
you know, I think I look at it like the Cowboys got this guy Ward as a is an undrafted free agent. You know, I mean, like for nothing, uh, and they flipped him for a guy who, um, you know, is probably was probably you know making a push to try to be a starter or at least uh, 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 you know it definitely was going to be either on the team or or was going to be play, you know making a push sure. for a starting spot. Yep. Um, to me, this is yeah, this is a no-brainer, great trade for the Cowboys because you know they get a little bit of more experience, depth, a young guy. He's only twenty-five, I think, um, and uh, they traded a guy who, I mean, he may have made the team, um, but I don't know that like he had been. I mean, he was in the mix with all these other guys, as far as I'm concerned. You know, like he had been in the mix with some of these other guys that they had had. So it, it's not like he was even vying for that fourth corner spot. Like he, yeah, he was, he was fifth part of a group of three or four guys vying for yeah. the fifth cornerback. So yeah, I thought I liked this trade a lot. Um, I mean, I, I think it, it's not a bad trade for Kansas city either. They get a, a, a young player at a position that I think they clearly need. Um, so I, I, I like the trade a lot for Dallas just because I think, you know, with, with Frederick, uh, Status still uncertain at this point. Uh, I think you know you you get a little bit more of a, a talented guy as on on that in that room as your potential eighth or maybe ninth offensive lineman. Yeah, we're gonna have to see what Parker can do. I'm assuming this is a guy that's probably gonna compete with Kadeem Edwards for a a, a spot on the roster, right? I, I wouldn't say Edwards is a lock now. I I would say that what this probably means, and I have no idea, is that. Edwards could be the guy. So, like, if they decide to IR Frederick, Edwards would probably be the guy that they keep until Frederick comes back from the IR. Or one of those two. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, probably I would assume Edwards at this point. So, um, yeah. And then maybe you try to sneak Edwards onto your practice squad. All right, let's talk season. about the actual game. Uh, it was not the, the most fun game in the world to watch. It was pretty boring. You could tell that the Cowboys just wanted to get in and get out. Uh, but there were a couple takeaways that we had uh, you know, watching this game. And let's start with Rico Gathers. Uh, this morning, we're recording this on Friday, uh, Jerry Jones was talking about Rico Gathers and how he thinks he can help Rico can help the Cowboys win games this year as a specialized player. I thought Rico played well on uh, Thursday night. I think he did some good things in the run game. Uh, obviously, he had a couple catches. I th- he had a, a really nice play. I think it was before halftime uh, where he caught a ball and kind of gave himself up really quickly so the Cowboys could uh, take a timeout and get one last shot. Uh, just a, a, a solid game from him. What did you see from Rico Gathers? I definitely saw some improvement. Like, you know, there was some blocking stuff that I saw. I saw him specifically, and I think I even posted on Twitter a, uh, a backside cutoff that he made on a wide zone block that was nice, that he had stayed in front of the defensive lineman the whole time, which was, you know, impressive. Um, you know, he, you mentioned the catch that he had made, that it was a, a smart play to uh, to get down early so that they could call the timeout in time. Um, I also saw, you know, some mistakes that were happening regularly that actually he seemed to fix as the game went on which is what you um, there was you really, you know, he that's, was doing, that's all we want to see from Rico is that improvement 
Yeah, and, and like so, like specifically, uh, if you watch, there was definitely several different times when he was lined up uh, in line as a tight end. They would motion in a receiver as a wing, and it felt like on two different reps where they were lined up in that formation, Rico had a hard time identifying who his, what his assignment was because he ends up blocking an outside guy, kind of giving that wing no one to block, and. Both times, well, actually, one time it uh, resulted in the uh, inside guy that I think he was supposed to take shooting the gap and tackling the running back for a loss. And then the other time, I think I'm trying to remember who it was. It may have been, it may have been Lenore, and I think it was Lenore. Lenore basically pushed Rico into the into. Uh, the place that he was supposed to be blocking, and they were able to to make the uh, make it work. And then the third time, he actually he got. It seemed like he lined it up right, like he blocked the inside. Guy. I mean, I'm I don't know what the blocking assignment is, but I'm assuming that the tight end what had the inside guy and the wing guy had the outside guy, just because obviously it lines right. up with everything else that was being blocked like that. So uh, the third time he did that, and they they each got a hat on hat, and it resulted in a much more positive play. So. Uh, you know, again, it's tough. Do you give Rico the the kudos for uh, fixing that in game, or do you mark it mark it off because why didn't Rico know that previously? Because it was a pretty straightforward block. I I think Rico is one of these guys that you just need to play him so he can learn from it. I think this was Garrett's point back before training camp is that. Rico needs to play a lot of snaps. Even if he played games or practiced five days a week, it's not going to be enough for him because he just needs the experience. So to me, I, I think but, it's a positive that he, he's learning from his mistakes when he's playing. Absolutely, but but to play the other side, the reason they're reluctant to do this is because right. when Rico blocks the wrong guy, you get a five-yard loss on a, on the first down, and suddenly you're, that drive is basically destroyed because one guy made a crucial mental It's error. tough. I, it's so, really tough. This, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, no, look, and I, if anything, I'm not making an argument either way, but I think this is a great example of why, you know, I think people are kind of, you know, Washing their hands, oh, you know, you get him out there. No, no, no. What if he screws up a thing here and there? This is what we're talking about. Like, this is the kind of critical mental error that can derail a whole drive. But I want also to add, though, he has not, obviously, we know he hasn't played a lot of football, but like last year, we didn't see him at all. He didn't practice. He wasn't really with the team because of that concussion thing. I'm fine keeping Rico on the 53 man roster just for the fact that he will actually be able to practice all year long. I, I I'm all for that too. I, I I'm on board with that. But 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 the point is is that everyone's been acting like this is a, a no brainer. Right. And I'm here to say that this is an example of why this is very much something you have to think about. Because you are absolutely right. The, the solution to getting him better is to have him play more. But if playing him is just by putting him on the field is going to jeopardize a play, thereby a drive, thereby you know expand it out as much as you want then is that even worth that so and I, i'm not saying it is or it isn't i'm just saying it's calculus it's not straightforward so uh that's that's basically my only part there it's part of the hard call in general with rico let's pause so we can tell you about today's sponsor of the show which is my bookie my bookie has been in the business for years and their rep is rock solid They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing absolutely nothing. 
and they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit with an up to 100% cash bonus. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Lane, I want to talk to you about Lance Lenore. Uh, he was the Cowboys' uh, leading receiver on Thursday night. He caught nine passes for 69 yards. He had a nice little punt return. Do you think he did enough to win a spot on the Cowboys roster this year? I, I don't think that. I mean, I, I really don't feel like. I really don't feel like his decision was going to be made in that game. I mean, I, I think right. I, I think if, if Lance Lenore is making this team, Lance Lenore is making this team for the way he played all throughout the preseason and training camp. I mean, he just day in day out uh, showed up and was you know. Uh, looks like I mean he looks like an NFL receiver to me. You know, like he looks like he can get open, he can you know get the separation he needs. He make, he catches the ball. He does all all the things you need. Uh, he's very well rounded in general. Um, but I mean, again, you know, the, the the negatives we've seen have been in punt return stuff, fumbles. Uh, I, I, I think judging pawns. Yeah, yeah, I mean stuff that he's just not going to be doing. I don't think so. Um, I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily going to cut himself today. I mean, yesterday, um, unless he just you know went out there and dropped a whole bunch of passes. Uh, but I also didn't think that there was anything he was going to do that was necessarily going to you know. Okay, that's it. We're we're keeping him. I think that that decision right, was either right. was either made or it wasn't. And 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 the game, especially in you know when you consider all the. Uh, uh, you know the players that were out there with him, the crew that was out there with him. I, I just don't know that it was necessarily um, the the thing that was going to make the decision either way. He was probably either on this team or not on this team, or at least his part of the decision had already been made. Now, if he got cut because of the play of another player in the fourth preseason game, you know, made him have to be on the team, and therefore, you know, Lenore got cut. That's another thing, but I think for Lenore himself, you know, unless he had gone out there and just totally, you know, dropped every single thing, I don't know that it was going to have much of effect uh, on his on his ability to make the team. Even if he had gone out there and I think you know caught ten passes for 140 yards, I mean, I just think that you know it's just the context of who he's playing against. All that really matters. And again, it, for a guy like him, like. He's not flashy. It's about consistency, and what he has been is very consistent in his uh, abilities as wide receiver throughout camp. Yeah, it seems like the Cowboys really like Deontay Thompson for that six receiver spot. And I listen. I don't love Thompson's game, but I understand it because they don't have that much speed on their offense outside of Tavon. Uh, you know, Thompson can be a guy that can make plays down the field. I think Lance is a nice practice squad type of player that you can bring up, you know, in a short notice if you have injuries at the position and you need a guy that knows the system and knows the routes. Uh, I, I guess I'll just be surprised if he makes the Cowboys' final roster. Um, let's talk about Donovan Alumba. 
because you had an interesting tweet about him last night. Uh, and I'll actually let you go ahead and tell the people what you said about Alumba. But I'm interested to hear your thoughts on uh, what you think he did last night. Oh, boy, you put me on the spot. Are you talking about uh, this is the first night that I've seen uh, Alumba do anything, basically? Yeah, basically. I think you, oh, but, you oh, said oh, I think looks I like Tarzan. Him, yeah, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that he, you know, for all these weeks, like – uh, and, and I, I mean, I even specifically remember pointing, talking to him about talking to him, talking about him to rabble rouser, uh, saying, I, I hear this guy's name out there. I see him out there, but I don't see him ever doing anything. Uh, and he doesn't like it. He just didn't do very much. It felt like it, or when I did see him, he was getting beat. Um, and, and then he really, really showed out, uh, obviously in this game where he made, he was around the ball a lot. Um, I think he had a pretty good game. I think he, you know, definitely, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that may have, you know, played himself into more contention. I think he's probably one of those guys just because that fifth spot was sort of, uh, uh, you know, up in the air to a certain degree of, of, you know, who even was eligible to be that fifth corner. But I think, you know, I mean, some people are forgetting about Marquez White. Duke Thomas's name is in there as well. Um, You know, but I think that, uh, he, you know, he definitely made a play for uh, the idea that he's he's deserving of being in that conversation for sure. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think I, he's I, a perfect practice squad guy. Like, I think you can put him on the practice squad. I don't think any other team's going to claim him based off his preseason tape. Put him on the practice squad. I think he needs to bulk up a little bit because he's pretty skinny. But um, you know, maybe next year you have a guy that can compete for a fourth or fifth cornerback spot. Yeah, I think that he um, – yeah, I prefer White to him. And I know that White didn't seem and to – And you've been pretty consistent with that over well, the last couple of weeks. And I th- I think that – yeah, I mean, I to me, White is the – he looks – if you just watch – like the, the good thing about that game last night is that they were both on the field at the same time. So you could just kind of watch each rep over and over again and then just mm-hmm. keep, keep going back and forth between the two. And, and for me, when you watch it, like he's just more – um, he looks he looks more trained. I think is what it is. He looks his feet look a little bit calmer. His punch is better timed. Uh, yeah, I I like him at the line of scrimmage better than I do um, uh, Alumba. Um, I just think that you know they are are kind of similar players to a certain degree. Um, but I think that right now white is just a little bit further along in his process. Um, and I think it's to the point where, yeah, if I, if I'm eyeballing it, I'm eyeballing it just as you said it, where, um, I see, uh, I see Alumba is needing a year in the practice squad just to get, he just needs to play some more football, I think. Uh, and then, uh, where white, I feel like he could be a guy just because, you know, You've got so many of these guys who could play inside. Uh, White is a guy who I think could really specifically thrive on the outside. Um, I agree. Especially if, if the more reps he gets. So uh, I think that has some, some value. And not that Alumba wouldn't be the same way, but I just don't know that I'm comfy with uh, with 32 getting into a game. Uh, 39, obviously I wouldn't like it, but I definitely wouldn't uh, be terrified. Sure. Um, now we talked about somebody who performed well. We need to talk about somebody who was disappointing last night. 
and that's Chaz Green. Uh, I woke How up is he disappointing, though? I mean, like, if you guys are, everyone's expecting him to be terrible. <laughs> then is he really that disappointing at this point? He's just, he's just doing what you think he's supposed to do at this point. I'm glad that you've already hijacked this podcast. This is so great. <laughs> I love it. All right, so here's the thing. I was hoping that Chaz Green would be able to perform at an adequate level against guys that are going to be out of the league here in about 24 hours. He didn't. He was bad. He actually was maybe the worst I've seen him since that Atlanta game last night. He got beat inside a couple times. He got beat to the outside. There was plays in the running game where the Texans' defensive linemen were just blowing him off the ball. Their entire offense couldn't function because of their offensive line, but specifically because of Chaz Green. Now, I know there's people out there that think that he still has value you know, uh, in, in the league. I am not one of those people because I just don't think he can play. Um, so go ahead. I, I want to hear your Chaz Green takes. I, I know you've been ready for it. Let's hear them. I don't have any takes, man. I'll, I mean, the only thing I got is that Chaz Green is – there's. There are two types of bad offensive linemen in the league, and there are tons of both of them. There are, well, let me say, there's a ton of bad offensive linemen in the league, and there are two subcategories in my brain of those offensive linemen, right? Um, well, three. Three being just an old, <laughs> three being you're an old offensive lineman who is probably shouldn't be in the league anymore, but all the younger guys are no good either. So it's extending your career by a couple extra years. So um, I, I think that there's the guys who you are hoping to try to get to a level that they can play. And then there are guys who you've seen can play. But you can't trust them at all because they can't play that way consistently because of, you know, mental issues, because of lazy issues, because of whatever. You know what I'm saying? Chaz Green is that second group. And I, and, and I think it's for a multi, multiple reasons. One, because of the, of the you know, physi, physiological issues he has with hydrating, hydrating himself. Uh, and then two... The problem that I think is also fed by the fact that he you know leaves practice a lot, misses reps, and is getting injured. He doesn't have any confidence, like in his uh, his technique, his skills, any of that. When, when he performs in his technique, when he is solid in his technique and he's confident, he plays like a good backup offensive lineman, maybe even as good as some starter offensive lineman. But that's not very consistent, and now and right now it's it's almost never because of of, of where his confidence level is. But uh, I, I think that we should stop being surprised. I mean, my 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 whole outrage there was that we should stop being surprised that Chaz Green is playing badly. Like that seems to be the you know the kind of more of the default at this point. Uh, and I and I at the same time, you know, we talked about. Uh, suggesting, uh, you know, I think you say that we thought that we heard somewhere that Broadus might have suggested that he could get traded or that other people on Twitter were suggesting he could get traded. I would not at all be surprised if he got traded. And if you think... I'd be shocked. If you think that... I would be floored. If you think that's surprising, go watch the rest of the NFL and their backup offensive linemen. They are terrible too. And like I said, there are two types the guys that you are hoping that someday you can develop them into having it, and the guys that have it, but they cannot play with it consistently, or even you know 
the majority of the time. I think that those guys, the the latter category, the Chaz Greens, are more valuable than the prior because at least you've seen it on tape. And the scouts can do the whole, oh, I've seen him do it before. We can get him to do it again. It's just that they don't realize the quagmire of Chaz Green that they are that they are uh, wandering into, you know. And so that's 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 my whole take on it is that I think Chaz Green will likely, uh, you know, well not likely, but it, it would not surprise me if he got traded, you know. And, and by traded, I mean like, like I said, you and I swapping six round picks and then Chaz Green going your way, you know, like nothing. Like, uh, but I, I, at the same time, I. I would not be surprised if some team wanted to get a hold of him before he made it to the street, the street and was willing to, you know, pay that, you know, an inch above nothing for him. You know, I, I, that that wouldn't surprise me. I, I would be surprised. I, I I just don't think he's good. But that's a, I mean, you lots of bad, why. lots of bad players get traded, man. Lots that's of true. bad players get traded. Uh, that's true. I want to talk about somebody who actually I think is a good player and I think has a chance to potentially contribute uh, this year for the Cowboys. But before we do that, let me tell you guys about FanDuel. The wait is nearly over. Football is almost here, and that means fantasy football season and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. Don't believe us? How does this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever, and here is how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. To get into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Last guy I want to talk about is Justin March Lillard. We've mentioned him a bunch on this show. Uh, but Thursday night was just another really good night for him on both special teams and on defense. Uh, he was flying around on, I think it was the second series of the game. Uh, Bruce Ellington caught a, a little slant and tried to cut it back outside. And Lillard chased him down and got to him before he got to the first down marker, uh, forced the Texans to punt. I mean, I, I really feel comfortable if this guy has to enter a game that he's going to know what he's going to, his assignment, he's going to be productive, and he's not going to be a weakness like some of the other linebackers that we've kind of seen come through Dallas when Sean Lee is out or Anthony Hitchens is out. I feel really good about the Cowboys linebacker depth. Talk to us about Justin Marshall Lillard and what you saw. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw a lot of what you saw and um, I think that, uh, you know, what that could end up doing is opening up an opportunity for a trade. And you and I talked about, um, uh, or at least I talked to you about, I thought that Damian Wilson was the guy that should be uh, considered just because he's played really well. His tape looks fantastic in training camp and, and preseason. Uh, and he's cheap. I mean, he's crazy cheap. I mean, he's on Absolutely. a, he's on a fifth, uh, fifth, he's a fifth round pick, right? So that's, I mean, he's right. the last year of his deal. So he is valued at nothing right now. So uh, any team that's looking for a starter quality Probably linebacker, uh, run and hit linebacker uh, for cheaper than you could possibly imagine. Um, 
I think that that's uh, Damian Wilson for you. So uh, I think that th- th- there's an opportunity there to get something pretty decent out of that. Also, Wilson has a lot of value in the sense that he's played, he started games at Sam, mm-hmm. uh, he's played in the middle, and he led the Cowboys in special team snaps last year. So it's not like he's just a one-dimensional type of player. No, you he's can a, find a role for him for anywhere. I think he's a pretty decent trade ship. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, like I said, like a starter who can also give you a lot of special team snaps. Like that's, I mean, I, you could probably get. Maybe a fourth round pick for that. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think it, or or like have him go equivalent towards, type of player. Yeah, like you can yeah. get a defensive tackle who maybe could be a third defensive tackle on your team. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, I think that that all of that's possible. I mean, we're gonna. It's gonna be an interesting two days. Like, I think. I mean, three days or however long this lasts. But uh, the next few days will be very interesting to see exactly how all things kind of pare down we've we've already started to see rumors of of other teams you know putting people on trade uh the trade blocks and everything and uh, i'm sure the uh other team that you cover uh, the raiders are going to be very heavy very heavily involved in all that it seems like um but i think that you know with all the the changes to the rosters and to the the changes to the um to the uh um to the to the way that the 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 money is is rolled over from season to season, I think that the, a lot of those things are going to really help promote a lot more uh, trade fluidity, and I think we've seen that already. I mean, so but I think that now we're starting to get down to the roster cuts. We may see a huge flurry of trades today, so it'll be interesting to see if the Cowboys are involved in that. Um, but I think you know Justin March <laughs> to go back to the point. Justin March Lillard play. Um, you know, put him in a position to not only make the team, but to also potentially give the Cowboys, uh, allow the Cowboys to trade some of their up roster linebackers uh, and to get uh, some value out of it. And just remember, be, just because you make the roster on Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern time does not guarantee you a, a spot for week one. I, I remember a lot of times, even last year, the Cowboys had guys that made their initial 53-man roster and then by Sunday morning, they were released as the Cowboys traded for somebody or they claimed somebody. So don't think that the roster that they have at 401 on Saturday is their official roster by any means. But that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will be back here on Monday breaking down all the moves the Cowboys made over the weekend and starting to get ready for the Cowboys' first real game of the regular season against the Carolina Panthers. I know it's come so fast, but we will be getting you guys ready for all that. So we will see you guys back here on Monday.